This week on One on One. From a basketball standpoint, I was out there to compete. I'm working, I don't, I don't play by my job. I wasn't a trash talk, I didn't show you up. I might dunk on you, I might dunk on and I'm going to the other end. You see, Jerry Stackhouse has proven his dedication and drive to be the best on the court has transcended to his coaching career. Basketball is evolving. Those are the things that I, I really focus on in teaching young players that I coach. You know, understanding how to play with other good players. We're gonna, we're gonna be honest and we're gonna hold each other accountable. The Vanderbilt Headman's basketball coach and former NBA all-Star describes how he discovered his formula for success and how he's related to the players he now coaches. This is what it takes is how I got to approach it every day. No off-season, really. You got to come in, continue to get better. Plus, my man relives memories from his highlight field nearly two-decade career in the NBA. I mean, you mentioned Dirk, man. Dirk was a great teammate in his interviews and stuff. Really, you know, even kill and calm voice. And I, I just laugh at him because he's one of the, the biggest cut-ups that you ever want to see. Now, Here's Kevin. I think we got a great episode for you this week. That's because Jerry Stackhouse joins the pod, entering his third year as the boss at Vanderbilt, guiding the men's basketball program. Uh, Coach, your successes on the court during your playing career, they're widely known, they're widely documented. Two decades in the league, two-time All-Star, your All-American career at uh, at UNC. was looking forward to having you on the show. I, I always enjoy our conversations. I, I leave them feeling like I've learned something and, and feel kind of inspired. So uh, you're kind to take some time out. Appreciate it. No doubt, man. Glad to be here, man. Like you said, I, I enjoyed our, our interactions before games and stuff, man. So I'm glad to be here and glad, glad to, to share. Well, and, and you know me, I've, I've maintained this one and, and contended this one over the years. I, I, I also refer to you as the, the most sartorially refined coach and uh, maybe in college hoops. But if I'm afforded one lame alliteration here, are we also adding to the byline like virtuoso of Vanderbilt? Because it, like you've, you've done that before, the, the anthem, singing of the national anthem. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I think this was the first time Nashville was introduced to this. Uh, yeah, man, it was... Uh... It was different. I mean, Ben, that was the first time I've ever, you know, did it outside. I've already, I've done it a couple of times, but they've been in the arenas. Please welcome a 6'6 forward from North Carolina in his 18th year, number 42, Jerry Stackhouse. Can you see? kind of focus on something now they was like I thought I might be looking out of center field I'm looking up at the crowd behind the behind the plate and the home of the brave go doors it was a little different man but um I enjoyed my you know that's kind of the SID here uh Alan George he was on me man like come on what you know when you gonna see Nathan when you and I was like all right man he was like uh you know, don't do it for me. Just, 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 you know, bless, bless America. I was like, all right, I, I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bless America this weekend. And, I, and it was good. It was good timing, man. It had some good momentum, some great games. Um, the Vandy boys was, you know, uh, you know, just starting their run. And obviously after this big crazy win last night, it's unbelievable, man. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. So it's just an exciting time around here for sure. Yeah. I'll say this uh, ever since you sang that anthem, I mean, uh, uh, this, this, I haven't seen this team lose, you know, they sweep in a regional, they sweep a super regional. Here they are in the, in the semifinals of the college world series. Two more, two more, man, two more. 
was the was I think the biggest difference here was you you didn't then play in the game that you sang the national anthem ahead of <laughs> afterward. That was the only difference I think from during your career right. to this. Yeah, I was able to just go go up to the booth and and, and enjoy this one as opposed to getting out there and competing. But now it was just something, man. I grew up in the church. My mom and dad, you know, raised me in the church, and then you either were going get in the choir or you were going to usher. And I, I didn't want to stand up all service. So I got, I got in the choir and, uh, you know, I was, my dad was a pretty good singer. My mom, not so much. So I, I, I would definitely say that I, I got that from him and he would, you know, be the guy that's leading songs in church, just start the first song in church. He was just that guy. So I guess in a way, every time I get up and sing it now, it's just kind of honoring his memory. I lost him this past year. So it's, you know, so it was, so it felt, felt pretty good to do it for, for a number of reasons. You know, let's let's hit this. We were talking about, talking about it before we began. Your two years at Vanderbilt has featured quite a lot of unique circumstances. I mean, it really has. The pandemic, of course, affected everybody, but that happens during your first season. There is some significant landscape shifting stuff that's happening this week around the NCAA, NIL going into effect in a number of states um, provisions that the NCAA is going to have to take within the next week, the change to the transfer rule. There's been a lot of unique elements that has happened during your short tenure as the Vanderbilt head coach. What is your most significant takeaway evaluation? How have you managed it all? Well, I think you just manage things from being prepared from different past experiences that you've had from, you know, different people that you've, surrounded yourself with different mentors, different, you know, just, you know, having faith in, in, in what you, what you're doing and what you're about, you know, obviously it's about, you know, basketball is a big part of it, but you're, you're dealing with, with young people and trying to at an important part of their, you know, time in their life. So um, from that standpoint, things were as business as usual. I mean, you still had kids that had different situations, you know, in life and you're managing those things and, but it's just different uh, when it's in the pandemic and, you're, you know, everything's a protocol and you're testing and you're doing all these different type of things and got, and kids is so different for them. They're, um, they're supposed to come in and meet, you know, new people from across the, the, the world that they're in college with now, but they're in the dorms and they're not able to socialize. So um, for a lot of these kids, it's just their, you know, this, this year is going to be their first year and of, of just re reality of college. And it's like the first year for us, there were so many moving parts coming in um, taking over kind of late in the spring. Um, so that, that was a funky summer. And then you come to get the pandemic and you don't have a year. So in, in essence, it's kind of our first year of still trying to figure out what we want to do annually, you know what I'm saying? Because every, every year has been so different so far, but it's, but it's not a, a bad thing. We don't look at it as a negative. You know, I think we, you know, really started to build identity with the core guys that, that we started to bring in here from kind of the team that we inherited and, and we're excited about how that's been from you know, a recruiting standpoint and being able to um, get the type of pieces that, that, that we want, the type of talent that, that, that we want to have in here. And we're, we're excited about it, man. So with everything, I'm just glad that we are where we are right now. Thankful. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have any gripe or any harp about what's happened or, or what I'm just like, I'm thankful that we're, we're back in this, this enormous normalcy. We, you know, we worked out, you know, you know, three times last week, you know, three times this week. And uh, we were back on the road. I was, you know, in Chicago, in Minnesota this week, looking at, you know, kids just, you know, it feels like college basketball and what you're supposed to do. 
And, um, and quite honestly, this is the first time that we're really experiencing it. Um, I think the, the way that, you know, we, we should. One other takeaway I would add is I think Aaron Neesmith is as good as we all thought he was, you know, taking his yeah. game to the next level, getting drafted by Boston after, while it was a truncated sophomore season for him at Vanderbilt, it was a really successful one. Everyone that you hear from up in Boston really sings his praises and lauds the work that he's put in. So what stood out? Like, what's an example of what made him uncanny? He just he has a natural ability to just shoot the basketball. I mean, it's a guy given ability to be able to shoot a basketball and, and make it at a high percentage. You know, I don't know if he has the best form that I've ever seen, um, but he just has a knack of, of seeing the ball go in. Uh, not that he has bad form, but it's just like he can be falling down and still find a way to get it to go. And uh, I just thought, and, and how he worked, and he, he just wanted to be good, man. It killed him when he, uh, like, that's, you know, you know, kids. I mean, this kid cried when his season was ended after the very first SEC game. Like, literally, he, he you know, he, you know, he, big coach, I, it doesn't it doesn't really hurt. You know, I, I, I can still go. You know, I, I can still go. I can finish. He's like, nah, man, you about to get this thing. You got bright future ahead of you you know you this i'm sorry but you know and, and you know and his parents man they, they were great and uh, we you know did everything to try to make sure that he had the surgery and do all you know and, and get him ready for that next level and like man that, and that's what uh well I, I knew it i mean like i said it's you know unfortunate man we had to shift gears from you know having some momentum in that that first year to losing our best player and try to figure out a way and man, we still figured out a way to win a couple but it's tough when you take, you know, 20, 23 points out of your lineup and then the guy that you're kind of featuring a lot of stuff around. But, you know, we, my guys just just kept grinding. But but Aaron is, is man, I, I really expect him to just continue to grow. You know, see, they just had a new coaching change. And, uh, you know, you dope, you know, he's been a great guy, played against him, competed against him. Uh, very smart basketball guy, man. So I'm, I'm excited for um, you know, his, his next step, you know, somebody asked me, I did an interview with somebody and they asked me where would he be in five years? I was like, he'd be an all-star in five years. And, and I really believe it just because he has to, he can shoot the basketball. He understands, um, you know, and he learns a little different. I mean, I remember him having to come to my office and really get on the board and walk through some things. All guys, everybody learned a little different, you know, so not just hearing it on the court, but sometimes it's visual. He came to my office and we drew some things on on the board there where he was making some mistakes and, and sure enough, the next day, you know, he was doing it and, and, and he catches on. So I just feel like, you know, and he, he nobody's going out working. I and mean, I know you going to hear those stories out of him and it's just going to become more loud and rampant that, you know, he's going to be that first guy in the gym and last one out and he's not going to leave until, you know, he make five for, from each spot in, in a row. And I mean, that's, that's the type of stuff that where, you know, you, you have an opportunity to be special if you do that consistently. If he's an all-star in five years, he's on the same trajectory as you, which leads me to what I wanted to bring up next. He is now going to be going through that, developing his formula for success and, and how to sustain it. When did you feel comfortable with yours? How did you do it? Like, when did you feel comfortable with the routine, the formula to be successful, as successful as you were? And how did it develop? Well, I mean, first you got to get to a situation where you're in a winning situation. Aaron really lucked out. I mean, he went to a great organization that was established and, you know, they had some young stars, but they've already had had some success, you know, in, in having some playoff runs and different things like that. Uh, normally in a lottery, 
you know, to actually you're not there. I mean, being drafted in third pick, I was with a team that had won, you know, 15 games and we won, you know, 18 the next year, you know, my year. And so obviously, man, I, I was going home, putting my head under the pillow, like, man, I can't believe, I believe everybody's watching me <laughs> and really uh, not understanding that. That's, that's the process. That's the process of how, you know, when you go to those bad teams of building and understanding. And I think, you know, he's got the, the development piece there. I mean, they have a G League program that was one of the best when I was, you know, in the G League. Um, the, I think it's the, the Boston uh, main. There was the main Red Claws. I think they're just the main Celtics or something now. But uh, they, they do a good job. And I, I don't know how Aaron even ever went down to, to the G League, but they do a good job of, developing those guys and, and I think that that's the that's the key you know he got to a situation a great development piece a team that had had some success and that's where for me that's what it was when I got to Detroit in what in in Philly we never really got that we were just still trying to you know just show that we could play in the league you know and, and, and prove that we belong and then once you kind of prove that then you start thinking about winning and then when I was in Detroit and I was around the Joe Dumars and the Grant Long and the Rick Mahorns and um, Grant, you know, those, those you know, guys that have been around and, and, and know how to win, it was, you know, just how they carried themselves. They're not, they're not new. All right, this is what it takes. This is how I got to approach it every day. You know, it's, it's no offseason, really. You got to come in, continue to get better, continue to bring something new to the, the table the, the, the following year. And that was just all, all always my, my approach. Get better. Um, and then you just learn, again, just learn how to play and how to win. And once you develop that, Hopefully it's, it's not too late, you know, and some guys don't get it until it's too, too late. They started, you know, the skills started to diminish, I mean, or, or, or physically started to diminish, but the game has slowed down for him completely. And I think that's the, you know, the good thing about uh, Aaron's situation. He's seeing good basketball early and it's being in the playoffs, you know, it's first year and those types of, those, those things are invaluable when you come to continue to progress. The winning attitudes. What, what, what do you remember? What are the examples of things that you remember just because the talent on the court, like you said, that if you put the work in, that's going to develop the off the court attitudes or just the, the winning attitudes that come with it. What were the examples of what you identified and said, that's what I want to do. That's what I need to do. Well, I think it's just having an understanding of uh, you know, time and score. And I think that's that's a big key for, you know, not a point guard, a guy that was just a wing, you know, that, that, the change position. Like I really, again, like I said, I was like a power forward in college, you know, you know, out of necessity, but I was drafted as a shooting guard. So I'm, I'm learning that position as I'm uh, learning the league and, and, and how to, how to play. So I think just, you know, again, not just take athletic ability out. Yeah. I can go in and I'm gonna jump over somebody a couple of times a game, you know, and have a highlight that, that probably get on sports center, but at the end of the game, am I, you know, spacing, am I doing the things or, or making sure that we get the exact shot. And those are things that you you get from playing with, with older players and know how to win, know exactly what we want to get, you know, timing and, and spacing. And I think those are the things that stuck with me. And those are the things that I, I really focus on in teaching young players that I coach, you know, understanding how to play with other good players. You, you, normally you've been the guy where you've had the ball all the time. And, and, and now there's probably somebody else that's going to get the ball a little bit more than you right away. You know, maybe you eventually get to that point, but, now you got to understand how to share the floor and do different things. And, um, and, and it's, it's, it's a fun blueprint and, and it's a fun way to play. The ball is still going to gravitate to the best players. That's still, you know, the coach is going to make sure that he gets a, a few more opportunities than everybody else. But it's a fun way when it's kind of equal opportunity. You let the ball find 
find the right guy and have confidence that he's going to step up and, and knock down a shot or, or, or make another play. And so it's, uh, that's what I love. I love teaching that. I love being a part of that. And I think our guys that come through here, Aaron, he knows, you know, he's understanding that. I mean, the main thing I told that kid was be a screen, you know, you go screen and you're going, you're going to get open. Right. So that's the, that's the, your, your guy lose your body and that's that. So you got to be a great screener when it's your opportunity and time to to set a screen and get your teammates. You're gonna deal yourself to them, you know. Really, now they're gonna try their best to get you open every time they can. And he he soaked all that stuff up, man. And he was, but you know, and, and then like sometimes you got to make the extra one too. You know, you're the best shooter out here, man. I like dummy offense. I can't hardly ever even missed a shot in dummy offense. But I still like, man, get off of it sometimes. You know, just make that extra and trust those guys. And now when you take those shots in the, in the game, like I want you to, um, they, they still want to come down and defend and, and, and screen for you and do all those things. And he, he was he was great at that. You referenced a couple things over the last few minutes, you know, getting to, to a winning culture. You got there when you when you moved on to Detroit. You spent some great years and, and you referenced already several players that you played with. Joe Dumars, for example, Grant Hill, Ben, you know, Ben Wallace. This was the, the early years of Ben Wallace. You spent a, you spent one year with Rick Carlisle when he was there in Detroit, your last season in Detroit. And I, I wonder because you had a lot of success there. All star seasons, the 57 point game. We fast forward to. I guess it would have been September of, of 02. You're traded for Rip Hamilton. You go to Washington. He comes to Detroit. Can you describe the emotions of what that was like leading up to that, the trade? And then do you ever wonder what kind of what could have been or, or, or what could have happened if, if that doesn't happen? No, I, I think for, for me, it was just uh, uh, we had we won. We was 32 and 50 in Detroit. And then the next year we was 50 and 32. And uh you know, and then that was like the, the year we was 32 and 50. I averaged, uh, that was a year I averaged 29, 30. And then, you know, Rick came in like, Stag, you know, we need, we need to use your talents more as a, as a decor. You're going to get two guys on you. We want, we want you to be more in pick and roll, kind of stretching the defense out, you know, and it's probably you're going to sacrifice your score, right? And, and, and I think well, we're going to be better as a team. And I bought into it. You know, I was like, all right, man, I want to win. And, and then I did. I only probably averaged like 20, 24, 23, 24 that year down from 29. Um, we win the Central Division, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's just, uh, um, but in doing so, I mean, Rick got coach of the year. Um, Corliss Williamson got uh, six man of the year. Uh, ben Wallace was defensive player of the year. And I didn't even make the all-star team. <laughs> and you know, and I I'm the leading scorer, and I lead us in assists. Right, so on on this team, so it's like, man, this was all right. yeah, I made the sacrifices, but I you know, and everybody kind of benefited in the team won, but I didn't really I didn't re receive anything for not even an all star nod on being on the the best team in you know in, in one of the best teams in Eastern Conference. So I think just. Um, yeah, just moving forward, uh, the, the after that season, I, I don't know, man. I, I played hurt. I played through everything. I mean, and Joe Dumars himself told me, man, you you're the max player, the only max player. Right? And I knew that that Michael and, and and Fred and those guys, David and Walmer, I played well against Washington every time um, I did. So it was more of a business decision, man. I think were they going to pay me a max deal, or do they have a younger guy to come in um, and rip Hamilton a couple years younger. And I got traded. You know, I got I didn't even I, I heard from it from 
Fred Whitfield, who is uh, uh, Michael's kind of right hand, works with the with the Bobcats now. Fred called me like, "Stack, we got you." I was like, "I didn't know what he was talking about." Like, like he got something. I'm, I'm, I'm in a gun store. I don't know where. <laughs> I'm out in, in, in Birmingham, Michigan, or something. So, I, and uh, so yeah, I got that call from from them, and I got traded. I mean, team that I kind of given everything to. Um, but you know, the question about do I feel like man, there was so many things that fell into place for for that team. I mean, like they were pretty much just handed Rashid Wallace. You know what I'm saying? That seemed not the same team. I mean, for nothing. You know, just Larry Brown and and connections he had in the free or they pretty much gave him for Bobby Sarah. Imagine that. You know, you trade Rashid Wallace for Bobby Sarah. So you know, like that became they became a championship caliber team right then. You know, and I didn't. I mean, Chauncey. I, you know, nothing against, you know, Chucky Atkins, you know, but that was my point guard when I was, I was there. Uh, Dan, you know, these uh, Lindsey Hunter, who really wasn't a, a point guard, he was more of a shooter, great shooter. But you know, point guards that I, I played with uh, at that time was not at the caliber of Chauncey Billups. So you to tell me you put Chauncey Billups, Rashad, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, and Tayshaun Prince around me that we don't win a championship and you're out your damn mind. But, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and, and that's not, I mean, I don't have no, no rip. You know, when I, when I look at rip, I mean, I, rip was a younger guy to me, you know what I'm saying? Every time I saw rip, I was, again, that's why Washington wanted to trade for me because I was busting rips ass every time I seen it, you know what I'm saying? And ain't nothing to eat. And he was a great player, went to Detroit, did some great things, you know, shot the ball well for them, has his number, his jersey retired there. But in my opinion, you know, obviously if things would have stayed the same, I wouldn't have got traded. And the things that happened around that team and the additions there, along with what we had started, we were already Central Division champions. We just had a bad matchup in the playoffs, you know. Uh, I think that year we, we drew Boston and we didn't have, you know, we think we split with them, but Jersey – who, you know, we beat them every time and they were on the other side. So it wound up being Boston and Jersey, Boston beat us and Boston and Jersey for the final. So I just think, and then after that season, we did we second round again, from not making the playoffs to now going to the second round to then I get traded. So it's like my progression. I was so dejected kind of going to Washington. I felt like I, my progression of going up, you know, from, you know, the Sixers to being on bad teams to now becoming an all-star and now making it to the second round. Now the next step for us is, you know, get to the conference finals and I'm traded and I'm going to a team that's talking about making the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. It does a lot of time depend on how things fall into place and, and the culture you wind up on. So fast forward a couple of years, you're in Dallas for several seasons. You guys go to an NBA finals. I mean, that, I would I would assume it was maybe gratifying to be in that winning culture from your perspective. How, how would you describe those years in Dallas, being part of a winning culture and and helping a team ascend to the NBA Finals? Yeah, that was that was the most fun I had as a player. Again, I mean, we were just a good, talented team, you know, talented five, talented bench. You know, we had probably a bench that could have started on probably most teams in in the league. And we all, you know, got along. We all uh, just, you know, played, you know, played our minutes hard. And we had a great coach. I mean, Nelly started out, you know, I, I got traded there. Uh, you know, Nelly, I, I didn't even know if I was going to be there. I mean, I thought it could have been a part of another deal to move on. And um, I talked with Nelly and he was like, he was the first, he's like, that guy, 
you know, like I was a six man. I mean, I really got six starters, you know, because it was a big question about me coming off the bench for the first time and this and that, because I, I basically feel like I'm still in my prime. I'm uh, um, at the at the year in Washington. Um, so, but he was like, the way he sold it to me, it was like, all right, cool coach. You know, and it was like, and, and, and we were off and it was like, the, and it, it took on a life of its own. Like what some people thought was a demotion and how I would handle it too. It was like, man, I got more fanfare coming in as a six man than whoever was starting, you know what I'm saying? Cause they were just so thankful that I was, you know, just happy that, you know, I, I, we got this guy coming off the bench. As soon as I take off my jersey, it's a roar from the crowd every time. So it's like, man, Dallas was unbelievable. And for us to, to build a team, Avery takes over there and, you know, great. I mean, just the identity of, of how, you know, uh, philosophy of how he, he taught defense and how it was so similar to what I learned in North Carolina. And I hadn't, I mean, even with the Rick Carlisles and all of them, their schemes didn't match up to what I felt like was how you really defend and uh, and just the way I was taught it by Coach Smith. And so it was, um, you know, it, it was good, man. I just, I learned so much from, from him, you know, and, and that dynamic is from player management. He was, he was just always making sure that we, we were cool. He's like, here, here, stack, take my credit card, take the guys out, you know, get some dinner, man. You know, just whatever, you know, get, get you a couple of nice bottles of wine, get you. And that he just built that camaraderie with us. So we were always hanging out and we, you know, we on the coach's dime, man. It's a millionaire. So he giving us, you know, so, so I just think I learned watching him, you know, how to manage my guys. I'm going to touch my guys every day. Every day I come into to the gym, I'm going to touch them. I ain't just going to say what's up. I'm going to grab them, shake the hand. I'm going to grab them by the shoulder. I'm going to touch them. And I just think that that lets you know that you care about them. And I think that, you know, we – I mean, we, 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 put, we play like, hey, we down 0-2, we down 1. We, we always felt like we was going to win the games, and, and we did most of the time. It was a hell of a run to the finals, you know, being a part of that culture, being, you know, Mark Cuban, getting to know him and, and, and that organization. And, um, you know, I still – so it's like, I'm obviously, Detroit was kind of in my prime, but uh, I feel like, you know, Dallas is, is home too because I, I had so much success there and, and being able to go to the finals again. We came up a little bit short. Um, they wanted a couple years later, but um, that was definitely the, the best experience I had from basketball and winning was uh, 2006 in, uh, in Dallas. It's great to hear about the camaraderie. Do, do we recall the most lavish uh, dinner tab from from any? <laughs> no, you know, we, we ain't heard them too bad, man. It's like, you know, <laughs> I, I think it was a place called Nick and Sam's or stuff. That's what it could be on the road and everything. But I mean, General played plenty of years. He got plenty of money. He wasn't missing it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he got plenty of money, man. He was in them years in Golden State and San Antonio. So. But now I just think it was more the gesture. It wasn't about we we we'd have gladly picked up the tab, any of us. But you know, we did it when we went out on our own. But um, but that's what you got. You got guys deciding, okay, we're gonna go to dinner, or we're gonna do something, and just those little things, man. Even with grown men, go a long way when when you wanna when you need to, you know. When I need to get at Marquise Daniels, I got to tell Josh Howard, man, come on, man, or whatever. It's like uh, Stack was just we was just over his house the other day, so it ain't like it's nothing personal. They know it's about the game. And I think that's the, that's how you have to manage um, young men. You know, your kids are everywhere the same way, especially in this day and age. At this point, you've referenced a couple of just unique individuals that I, I, I of course have to ask about. Do, do you have what, what is the best? Either Rashid Wallace, you know, Mark Cuban, Dirk, 
Avery Johnson story that's arable. There's so many with those names that you you said. I mean, you know, Rashid, again, just that guy. I mean, going back to college, just him not knowing how to drive. I taught him how to drive. You know, he'll feel the kid coming down there. He, he driving. I like, you know, I let him jump in the car. I look down. He got one feet on the gas and one foot on the brake. I'm <laughs> so it's just like that. That's my man, 50 grand right there. Uh, so it's like that. Yeah, just imagine having an opportunity to play with him. The same guy that I played with in, in, in North Carolina in Detroit. But that's another story. But now I just all those guys, Avery, I still talk to him regularly. I mean, I was, you know, he brought me to Brooklyn. I mean, kind of really got me into coaching. I really wasn't even supposed to play that last year. I just kind of come in and come like a big player coach for a year. So in essence, he got me started at the professional level, you know, that last year of me playing. You know, Nelly, you know, I went out to when I was interviewing for some jobs, I was going out to see him just kind of talk some hoops and, you know, talk, talk offensive basketball and different things. And, you know, that's the wild dude, man. He's, you know, so that I could, could I, the only thing I just got to say, he, he has his own brand of cannabis. So I'll, I'll leave it. <laughs> which, which, which I guess is not that surprising. This kind of, this, is, this almost makes sense. To me. <laughs> man, and, and he's the man in Maui. I mean, like ever, he's the man. He, like he got in over there early and bought up everything. So pretty much every rental home over there, he, you know, it's, it's owned by Nelly, man. And he's just walking around. I got lots of him at, uh, I guess, might have been who at the Hall of Fame. And he had the long hair and everything. So he's living his best life, man. He's He's who we all aspire to be. After it's all said and done and you played forever in the NBA, you coached forever, you coached as long as you wanted to, and now you get to go retire over in, in, in Maui and get your own activities that you want to, don't want to do work in. <laughs> I, I know we throw, uh, we throw around the legends, you know, moniker almost too often, but I think Don Nelson is at this point, yes, legend. Oh, you know, legend. 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 No <laughs> doubt, no doubt. And I mean, you mentioned Dirk, man. Dirk was a great teammate. I mean, one of the best guys you ever – want to meet ever play with i mean he's he's real funny i mean like he's serious and always kind of come off kind of you know a little bit not not line aloof you know in, in his interviews and stuff really you know even keel and calm voice and i, I just laugh at him because he's one of the, the biggest cut-ups that you ever want to see and, uh, and he, you know he likes to have fun he likes to you know likes to throw him back a little bit and i, I know he's, he's enjoying retirement but it was just you know guy that you you get that ball in his hands and, and he's facing face facing that rim and square you know it's, it's normally gonna go in that's a good way to get you a, a few assists so but um uh, definitely one of the best players that i played with him with him ben wallace you know grant hill uh you know th those guys right up there some of the, the best guys that i ever played with your whole career i think is defined by a, a number of things i mean this the, the playmaking abilities the leader you turned into in the latter half of your career you've always had the the reputation of of being someone who's fearless you don't want to mess with and everybody knows just ask you know jeff hornacek or, or kirk snyder that if if anybody is is uh, is interesting in debating that point which which i still love this the kirk snyder story where there was some tactical strategy involved where you kind of took care of him after the game and didn't <laughs> but but why but i think it per, that permeates across not just from a physical standpoint or altercation standpoint but i think you've always had that fearless quality in the way you played the game the way you attacked the way you made plays etc cetera, etc cetera. where did that come from why did you always have that i think it's permeates and, and transcends into your coaching career as well 
Why did you always have that? Well, I, mean, I think it, it comes from my dad, man. I mean, it's like my, my dad always like said, I'm, I'm, I'm working. I don't, I don't play by my job. You know, and I think that that's that's kind of how I approach things. I mean, from a basketball standpoint, I was out there to to compete. You know, I mean, I, you can work hard, but I think you got to have that competitive spirit. You know, and I think that that's what I mean. I, I competed, and I didn't. I wasn't a trash talker. I wasn't. A, I didn't show you up. I might dunk on you. I might dunk on, and I'm going to the other end. I wasn't one of those guys, so I didn't expect you to do that to me. And, uh, and, you know, not, not chirping and all that. So, I mean, I just tried to clean that type of stuff up, you know, and let it know that, that that's not how it's going to be. And I think, you know, just, to, you know, early on, you know, it was just happened to be Hornacek at that time. Again, it was just, you know, we got into a little something. He said some things. And next thing I know, I got a little push behind my head and he started walking toward me. And it was just my natural thing just to, to defend myself. You know, but I, it's not something that I'm proud of when, you know, looking back on it, it was just, I mean, I was, you know, young guy, 20 years old and full of, full, full of it, boy. So, you know what I'm saying? If you, if you, if you wanted it, I wanted it, so to speak. And I think that that's just, uh, and that's where I was. I mean, you were going to have to beat me, you know, you might've had a little better crossover. You might, your jump shot might've been better, but you got to beat me. You're going to, you're going to have to compete. And, uh, and I think that that's, you know, what I, what I stood by. And sometimes when that, um, you know, men, men, men aren't going to get to get along all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's just not going to happen. And, and I'm from that old school. I'm the youngest of eight boys. And, you know, we got a, got a problem with it. You know, we just kind of kind of handle it a little bit. We still going to love each other afterwards. And then that's what I learned. And not everybody's able to do that. Not everybody's come from the youngest of eight boys. And having that type of, you know, interaction can can scar, you know, a relationship. Even though you say that you're cool, you really may not be. And so, you know, but I learned from that, man. I hadn't, so I tell everybody like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saved now, man. You know, so, I'm, <laughs> you know, I go to, I go to church, watch my, you know, watch my Bible. I don't try to get into all of that good stuff, but at the same time, it's, it's in me to, to, to always protect and defend my own. And that's, and, and, and hopefully I don't ever have to do that, but uh, it's just a natural, my friends, I'm a protector, you know, my family's, you know, I, you know, don't don't talk about them to me. You know, what I'm saying talk to t- tell that to somebody else. So I'm, I just think that's that's who I am and who I'll always be. Which which many people who played against you did, which was uh, which was good news for a lot of folks. Let let me ask you this because you, you've always had when your playing career wrapped, you always had that strong desire, the the, the dedication, the devotion to get into coaching, and and you've certainly had the unique path. I mean, uh, NBA assistant head coach of a G League team and that was of course up in Toronto and, and heck you had you had a lot of a lot of folks tell you don't take a G League job stay an NBA assistant but I, I, one thing that you have said over the years that, is, that stands out to me is you can make suggestions or make decisions why has that been really really important to you in terms of the, the way I guess just your your goals as a coach yeah I mean I think it was just for me it was like I didn't really I didn't think about college a lot. You know, again, I was in in the pros. I played for a long time. I kind of got into the G League. I, you know, I was a, a pro coach, and then there was an opportunity that came about to to come to college. So, you know, there's been a, you know, a fair share of my learning curve. You know, just as much as I'm teaching, I'm learning things. I'm, I'm learning uh, the officials. I'm learning different places I've never been. Learning the, the 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 road. I'm learning, you know, how the games are called. I'm learning stuff from other coaches and different things that that we play. 
you know, how different things that they teach and that, that can be effective. So it's, it's always like basketball is evolving. You know, you don't get to a point where you just say, oh, I'm a coach now. You know, you, you're, you, if the, you, you're dead if you do that. You always got to be involved and, and be humble enough to continue to learn from other people that know the game. But I, I do feel that I have a, a ton of experiences and in, in, in turn of understanding of, uh, of good basketball and, and how to deal with people. More so than anything is, is dealing with people. So I, I think that's the more of, of what I, I try, try to focus on. We reference it at the, at the top. Rules have changed. Transfer rule. We, of course, have seen a certain proliferation of players moving, which I think they have every right to. How much of your staff, though, now is, is or how much of your staff responsibilities is basically dedicated to almost like roster management, keeping tabs on which players are maybe in the portal, transferring? What's the management like based around this? That's an interesting one, man. It's like, and again, I think we still have a target of guys that's, High school kids, right? Like the 20s, the, the juniors, the rising seniors, the rising juniors, you know, trying to feel. But obviously, we, we're aware of the transfer portal now. And, you know, it's, it's not foregone to think that maybe some people hold a scholarship knowing that there's going to be an a unhappy freshman who's already been on campus, who's, already, who's gotten a lot stronger, who's still going to have three years. And he's going to be locked in after he transfer. He's not going to be able to just up and leave because he's already used his one time transfer rule. And now you can really start trying to build your team with guys that you know that you're going to have. Um, but it's still, you know, obviously people put a lot into the rankings and where you are in, in the recruiting battles and different things like that. But I just think this could change the game completely to where my focus ain't trying to be to the top with a, with a high school kid who's going to come in here and he can bounce on me in a year because he's not playing the way that, you know, he, he and everyone around him wants him to play. Um, but again, that's, that's part of the recruiting. You got to kind of understand and know the kids, get to know the kids, know their parents and talk about, you know, things not going your way, you know, what, what's, what's your problem? Are you going to continue to work or are you going to bounce? I think those are the, the, the new changes that we're going to see uh, with, with this, but, and, but it's still like, I don't think there's a blueprint. It's just, you, it's, it's, again, you deal with people, you manage with people and you try to do what's best for your team. And for us, um, we've, we've had, we've taken advantage of the transfer portal. We got some older guys this, this year. So, uh, so we've, you know, we lost a guy. We lost probably, you know, one of our, our best players, you know, if not inside and out, you know, to wanting to get back home. Again, the pandemic scarred some people, you know, so, so I think that's just the reality of the time we, we live in. Do I still love that kid that we pour a lot into him and do, you know, appreciate what he did for us here. He was a scholar athlete, all, all of those great things, but wanting to be back home, wanting to get back to, and that's what this thing has opened itself up to. And, and we all just got to adjust to it. How do you balance that? Because there is that, I suppose, dueling mindsets of, hey, I, I want to be empathetic or help a player achieve where they want to be mixed with, hey, progress isn't perfect or linear sometimes. Like you can mm -hmm. still achieve a lot just because you didn't play a whole lot your first year. How do you balance that? I mean, it's just think it's, it's part of the teaching, man. And, and they see themselves, um, you know, I think how we teach and how we watch film and being able to see yourselves and you see the progression, you see you're making the same mistakes in January that you were making in October. How the hell do you think I'm going to play you? 
know what I'm saying? I mean, it was cool. I mean, freshmen come in here and you, you know you, your learning curve, all right? But then the guys that come in and they pick it up right away, those are the guys that, that, that are going to play. And so I think just being able to, to communicate, man, I think that's the, the key word to handling, dealing with, with what you got to be able to communicate with them. Let them know where they stand. Let them know what's going on, you know, because, you know, kids that try to fool you man, come in and, and you know, like, coach, what, you know, you know, what can I do to, to kind of, you know, give them a minute up and whatnot. Boy, you've been in all these film sessions with me for all these past three weeks. And been watching yourself, and you're gonna tell me what you need to do. You need to do what you've been <laughs> screwing up. You know what I'm saying? So it's as simple as that. And so I think that's the um, being candid, being honest, touching them. You know, letting them know you care about them. But at the same time, man, it's, um, we got to be honest with, with, with what's going on. And I, and I and I think that that's what my guys will tell you. Like I said, we we're gonna we're not. We're not gonna play games. We're not gonna try to jive each other. We're gonna we're gonna be honest and we're gonna hold each other accountable. And I'm looking for a group of guys to do that too. And I think that's when you really see really good teams when guys start policing themselves. All right, a few quick ones because you've got to go. Uh, do you wear a suit combination more than once? Yes. Who, yes. who is who is your tailor? Uh, or tailor? I got a couple of tailor. I got uh, Hadiaki and. Uh, um, uh, Beckenberg out of, out of New York. One's out of Atlanta, one's out of New York. One bottle of red wine with dinner. What is it? Which one? Quintessa. Best teammate and why are you playing with? Uh, uh, I say Ben Wallace. You know, he's a the hell of a rebound, and most of all of his offensive rebounds, he was kicking it back to me, and I was able to shoot it again. So, uh, <laughs> but no, he's just a good friend, great, uh, great guy. All right. It, Hall uh, of Famer, too. How did you get on MTV Cribs? Because I had one of the hottest cribs in in Michigan, you know, more or less Detroit. So I think that's uh, where it got out. And I was next thing I know, I was on MTV Cribs. I, I cringe when I watch that right now. It's as cheesy as I was, but it's uh, but my, my kids and my and my players they have fun with it. <laughs> hey, that was a rite of passage back then. I mean, that is like that is a distinction that I think everybody wanted. Outside of basketball, how do you declutter the mind or expand your mind in a non-basketball way? Uh, golf. You know, I'm saying I, I get out there and I'm not, not a great golfer, but I, I hit enough good shots to, to keep me coming back and like to be out there and uh, and I like uh, boating. You know, I got. I get I get out on my little center console or get out on the pontoon and just get in the middle of the water. And I mean, I don't think there's anything more relaxing than that. Last one, more impressive, Trey Young dropping 48 or or Monty Williams is out of bounds play with a second left, the screen, the, the, the pass, the dunk, DeAndre Ayton. Well, I mean, I think hopefully everybody got to play similar to that in, 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 the, in their arsenal. Um, um, but it, they, they executed it well. But I definitely think, you know, Trey Young is, is showing that he's special. And, um, man, unbelievable, you know, playing in the pick and roll. I mean, uh, if they're going to stay back, then uh, the way that they are, which I know they got, they, they have to adjust because he's just too good. Him, him getting downhill with so many decisions and he's making the right decisions, going to be a, a, a long series for, for the Bucks if they don't change that, that coverage fast maybe more shimmies to come. We'll have to wait and see. But Jerry no Stackhouse, the head coach of the Vanderbilt men's basketball team, terrific playing career, one that is, is certainly iconic and a lot of people remember. Hey, you're kind of take some time out. Always enjoy talking hoops with you, and, and thank you. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me, Thanks. Thanks.